buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. In the world of sales, you either sink, swim, or break through to the next level. My name's Colin Mitchell, and this is Sales Transformation, a new kind of sales show designed to bring you through the epic, life-changing moments of elite sellers so you can experience your own sales transformation. Hey, before we start today's episode, I wanted to bring you in on the best kept secret in B2B sales. If you're serious about social selling and your only strategy is cold DMs through LinkedIn, you're missing the mark big time. Learn how a fully managed revenue generating podcast can change your life and your pipeline at salescast.co. All right. Welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. I am super fired up for to, ha- to have a special guest today. I've got Donald Kelly. Uh, he is a podcast host, a author of Sell It Like a Mango. Donald's mission is to evangelize the method of effective selling and motivate sellers of all levels to do big things. Donald, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Oh, I'm so stoked to be here, man. Thank you so much for having me. Um, and uh, let me come into your e- ecosystem to share some insights today. Yeah, man. I had a, a fun time on your show. So appreciate uh, you having me on there. And I'm super curious to dig into some of these topics that we planned out like 30 seconds ago. Um, <laughs> now, the sales, our listeners know that's how we do it, man. We get on here and we just have you know awesome conversations. And I know that you're going to bring a ton of fire. So but before we kick it off, just you know, so people can trust what you're saying here, give us a little bit of backstory. What's your sales story? Yeah, I started off as a kid in Jamaica. Every everyone, you know, if anyone's been to Jamaica, you've seen people selling. Um, and I didn't know it was sales. It was just like being a businessman. Ever since I was a kid, it was just like all of what our family did. Coming to the U.S., I mean, as a kid, I just kind of gradually led into that. So whether it was selling products, buying things at school, selling them at, uh, with a little margin, um, and then finally, I went into like the. Um, in college, my buddies were like, you need to go into sales. And I started doing um, dish network and um, working my way up, eventually started selling IT training classes to like city and governments and uh, private sector companies. And then did pretty well there. And then um, eventually went into uh, managed IT services and selling EHR and finally into software, um, where I started a podcast and a podcast just really started to take off um, a few years after doing it. Um, and, uh, I was moonlighting throughout the whole time, a couple of years after doing the podcast, I should say, but I was moonlighting. I was doing uh, sales uh, coaching with a lot of folks and speaking at events. And it just made sense at one point when we got sponsored for the podcast, it was like, there's money coming in. And I was like, I can continue doing this or try doing something on my own. And it was my wife and I at the time, no kids and Mm. um, jump ship in 2015. And the little skid boat actually is turning into like a yacht now. So (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you know what? I love uh, so many good things there, but the thing that I love is like it, you said it started to take off after a few years, right? <laughs> Man, so many people will give up after a few episodes or a few months yeah. if you know it's not replacing their day job. <laughs> no, bro. It. You see, my, my wife, she's very. Um, she's very practical, but she's still very much. So loves the, the visionary side of me as well. And I knew I wanted to go, it was, it was either go back to school for like an MBA or to do a startup and TSC became that eventual startup. And when, once we started doing some like logical things, I was listening to a podcast and this dude said that he and his wife, when he, before he became entrepreneurial, they sat down and said, okay, what, what amount of money we need to bring in every single month before it mm-hmm. makes sense for this to, you know, before I can, you know, leave. And then, so they figured out a monthly amount and then they said, okay, besides the monthly amount, how long do we need to consistently bring it? So it was like a three month window at X amount of dollars, whatever your personal finances. And for my wife and I, we lived downtown at the time, you know, the small place, we paid off bills, paid off cars. And uh, we said, you know, let's see what you can do. And we started bringing us hitting that number. And, and she, she's the one that kind of like asked, like, you know, you're ready to do this. Are you going to really do it? Um, and it was scary. Um, she was working at the time, so it was good, but then I started, um, and the company just started to, once we saw the traction and that it was proving to be, you know, results and that money can be generated from it, we just started going down a path, but it didn't happen overnight. Um, it was like putting those early mornings or those late nights, so, um, you know, paying to go to conferences and get my own education and so forth. And, um, and just like reading and so forth and hustling. And, um, and I do say hustling in a sense that it was hustle because I was doing like two jobs at once. <laughs> um, but yeah. it eventually came to the point where the business had its footing. And um, now I retired her from her full-time work. So, Oh man, so, that's awesome. And employ people as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I started our first company together <laughs> both quit mm. our jobs and started together <laughs> Dang, but y'all are we were, you know <laughs> we were um uh living you know no kids at the time we weren't yeah. married even yet and we started the business and uh and we you know our office was our one bedroom apartment come on room. man <laughs> come on bro you know the struggle <laughs> yeah man and, and then we grew that company to five million in annual revenue in 26 months you know just there you go Grinding it out. I know hustle has, you know, a negative um, association with it today, especially yeah. like, you know, people are very anti-hustle and I get it. But like when you can, like there is a certain p- period of time where you've got to yes. hustle, you've got to yes. grind. And hopefully the hope is that you eventually evolve from that. But at some point you got to roll your sleeves up and you got to put the work in. Of course. And I, I think that's where people get a mistake. Like, you know, I, I'm... I, I, I want, I feel that the best way you've just said it is the timing of your life. Like, you know, we're single, we're in the twenties and, you know, we can sleep, go on four hours of sleep or, or whatever. Like yeah, yeah. You can do, you can do that stuff at that point. Now we got like a two, two and a half year old and he runs the world and, you know, I'm not going to leave my family and, you know, not support them. My five o'clock today, I'm going home. I don't care what people say, but then I'll get up early in the morning and I'll do some more work. But my family time is critical for me. Um, and some of those things, but there's a, there's, there's hustle doesn't have to be bad you can change, put whatever adjective you want, you know, work real hard, give a lot of time, (laughs) dedicate myself to my business, like work smart. Like that's what I did. (laughs) I just didn't sleep a lot. (laughs) Yeah. 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 During that window. So tell me a little bit about like what, um, you know, in your sales career, you know, as you advanced into these different things and then getting into SaaS, like 
what made you then one day decide like, I'm going to start a podcast and then build a business out of it? Like what, um, what did you see that people needed help with? Or like, what was the reason that you're like, this is a great idea. This is what entrepreneurship is going to look like for me. So I, the, the, the great crazy part about it, Colin, I didn't know that at the mm. start at jump, you know, you heard a podcast movement maybe. Yeah. So podcast movement was co-host, uh, co-founded by my friend, Jared Easley. And Jared and I both worked in the same company. Jared uh, was the project manager. So he did my demo, was like sales engineer. And I was yeah. the sales rep. And we worked a lot together, Starsky and Hutch. And we were talking about the start, startup idea, the software that we were thinking about doing. But we just didn't have the manpower, the capabilities, or the tech uh, abilities. So Jared went to this event in Vegas called New Media Expo. And he's like, Donald, dude, co- podcasting is where it's at. This was back in 2011. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, that sounds interesting. And he's like, um, I'm going to start one called Start the Doubts. And I was like, bro, that sounds good. He's like, come on and have a little segment on the podcast. Talk about sales because he knows I love selling and I was doing pretty well in the company. So I was like, sure, I can do that. And then after a few segments on this podcast, uh, Jared was like, bro, you should start your own show um, mm. and started doing it. And I was like, what can I talk about? This was back in around April. So January 2011, April 20. By April, I finally got the gumption to say I'm going to start something. I created that WordPress site with a crappy little picture. If anybody could find it now, it's out there somewhere. Uh, and uh, um, and I was I put something out there as a video, um, Colin, and the video was like horrible. But I was talking about some sales tips and did a couple things. And then I quit doing it um, for the summer. And I kept I was watching, listening to Pat Flynn and some of uh, um, Seth Godin on Seth Godin's first podcast that I fell in love with, and then Pat Flynn. Um, listening to that. And I was just like, man, this sounds like cool, like idea of just doing this radio show, so to speak. But then here's the kicker, bro, because mm. I knew the struggle that I faced when I switched over from like B2C to B2B, it was a whole different game. You have more people in a process and you have like, you know, it's just a little bit more complex. And I didn't quite know how to craft that. And I was like, I felt like I was banging my head against the wall, like daily before I finally had the training, the breakthrough. And I was like, what if there was a podcast out there for rookie sellers, just like to tell rookie uh, salespeople. And that was the name that we were playing with. And then mm-hmm. I was like, um, any, the long story with the evangelist side, uh, Guy Kawasaki has a book where we studied in college and he was Apple's chief evangelist. And I was like, the only time I ever heard that was like in church, like, you know, Pentecostal yeah. or Baptist church. So I, I took that title when I worked in one of my tech companies and call myself the technology evangelist. Jared was like, when we were, he saw my passion for sales, he's like, man, you're like evangelist. And I was like, well, I did use that title before. And then we just kind of married it to like sales evangelist and evangelize about selling what was working, what's helping you, what's making you successful. And I said, I saw there's three other people doing podcasts at time on, on sales, three or four people. And Jeb Blunt was one of them. And I was like, dang it, man, there's no more room for me to do this. Now there's mm. like 250 sales podcasts, but I started the podcast in 20, this, that 20, um, 2012, I finally got it going in 2013 when we got approved and, uh, or I think it was, yeah, December, 2013, when it finally got approved, um, by Apple or, or whatnot. I can't remember the exact. Was it a lengthy now. process back then? It was like, it was like two, three weeks. Like right now you can do it in like a day or two, but it yeah. was like two to three weeks when Apple went through that process to scrutinize you. And it was send stuff back, you know, go to fix that. And luckily I made it under the window. Um, I think I just fixed oh, one thing and I made it back. But Your fate was left in the hands of Apple of whether <laughs> you had a podcast future or not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, dude, it launched. Um, and the, the idea though was like, if I could help other people, it will be good. And then when I didn't, I didn't realize, I know Pat was making money from it and several of these people, but I was just like, let's just, let's just have fun with this thing and see what happened with it. 
And then I remember we're getting the email from the first day I post my first episode. Um, this guy from my church was like, listen, I need help with some marketing and sales. Can you help me out? And I was like, sure. And the only people I've ever coached was like my flag football team at that time. I was like, let's do it. And I charged him like $300 a month, one hour a week, help him and his wife. They had some good success. The first stranger finding the podcast was in South Florida. And she reached out in Destiny and said, hey, I want to get some coaching. Can I work with you? She signed up for a package. Then I did a consulting gig. And I then I got another client then from Alabama. And I was like, these people over the world, like all over the country so far, there's random places like hitting me up from the podcast. There's something viable here. Um, and it just grew. And at that point, when we started making the money, and then we when eventually got crazy a few years later, who came and said they want to sponsor it, that's when the floor dropped. And I was like, this is crazy. Um, and that made me realize there was even more viability here, where even a bigger, credible company saw some value in us. And yeah, that's how the business started to take off from it. Wow. What a what a what a crazy story, man. Yeah. I mean, it's been a wild ride. I mean, you were doing podcasting way before it was cool. Bro, I was like, I, was in the, I mean, I, I can't say I'm like the, the, the true, like, you know, some, there's some folks out there like the Godfather. They've been doing it for like 20 years when they had like, you know, internet radio where they had to like create their own RSS feed and all this mess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and those dudes won't even touch video. They're I like, know, right? They're like, they're like <laughs> old school audio only, like your stuff on YouTube. That's not a podcast. <laughs> I know. There's like, it, I mean, like, like that quasi generation. I'm like, no, I, I, I was a podcast movement. I got a chance to, I got a client. I've been um, emceed a lot of the events for like five years uh, because of my relationship with them. And um, uh, Nielsen uh, got a chance to talk to them. And one of the things that they stress is like the new, new term for podcasting now is as evolved for yeah. many people. Like people who would do like even like something like a, a series like a, a live on Instagram could be considered a podcast in that sense, right? Um, so people have different. We get some of these like live audio rooms. People are kind of like loosely calling that a podcast yeah. as well. You know. So anyways, but I'm all cool. Whatever you want to call it, as long as it's helping people <laughs> consistently. Yeah, I mean, I love that, right? Because you're like, man, as, as long as it's helping people, it'll be good, right? Yeah. And that's like a really good mission to just kind of stick to. Um, but, and I love how just organically it evolved from like this kind of hobby, you know, while having a job to like, man, people want to pay money for me to help them with sales. Um, and um, uh, even that first, you know, even just getting that first customer, right? 300 Bro. bucks a month, like, Bro. you know, helps you get the next one and the confidence to get the next one. And like, so I'm curious, like now, what, what type of things are you seeing? Like what people are, what are you mostly helping people in sales? Like, what are they struggling with? What are you seeing? And like, what's the type of work that you do with them? Yeah, um, great question. I it's most of the clients that we we kind of we still do coaching, but our business has evolved because it's for scaling uh, purposes. Where we do more like cohorts, so like individuals who come into one of our cohorts. We have a sales foundation cohort. We have one on mastermind. We have one. Uh, we have different like workshops that we'll do, but it's cohort based. You know, for maybe X amount of weeks, and we structured our program like that because. We've, I've been through those programs. You have too, where it's like, you know, you go for like a, you know, two days and it's like, what in the world did I just do? I don't remember anything. Um, so yeah. we do, you know, you watch video modules and then we do live instructor led training like once a week. So you're practicing the stuff you're implementing, you're asking questions, participate in community, instructor come and lead, you practice role play. So we have this pro our module set up like a uh, program set up like that. Um, and for those, we have like, you know, 25 people jump into a cohort um, and uh, runs 
it's a little bit easier to run. I you know one hour a week or two hours a week for that training session. Um, and then people will upgrade from there. They might jump into coaching. They want to get further stuff with me or one of our coaches um, that they'll do things with. Um, and then I do consulting with, uh, you know, few companies, but the, the, the top of the funnel, the bigger thing are our programs, cohorts, and then, um, you know, the upsell from there, the podcast, as you can see behind me, TSC studios evolved as well from the business because we started to use that as a means of generating leads. So a couple of our clients kept asking us and we gave them free advice and tip to where TSC studios became a thing where now my production team and, you know, we have a studio now and they produce podcasts for, we produce for nine other podcasts um, and for brands who are utilizing podcasting as a means of helping their organization. So that's a separate part of our creative side of our company. Um, but that's the the bread and butter is the sales coaching and sales training. The issue that many of those people are facing right now is swimming upstream, going for larger accounts. Mm. A lot of people who started off with us have grown and got into different positions or got into different roles. And now they're enterprise sellers and they're saying, you know, well, how can I break into some of these accounts, Donald? Like, what are some of the ideas? How can I you know, do better forecasting? How can I do better discovery? Um, I'm, I'm trying to, you know land these land these better opportunities what are some of those issues and the sales stack is something that we have an event coming up in st louis and next week it's a free sales meetup event we do in different cities in the country and um, that's one of the things that a lot of people are asking about is the sales stack and also just like help me with my um you know with with enterprise selling so those are some of the areas yeah and what what i've seen is even not even on the individual level but like organizations try to break into enterprise, try to go upstream too fast yes. before they're ready, right? Yes. Everybody wants to say, yeah, I'll work with teams of this size, of this revenue. Like I've heard it all, right? Billion dollar yeah. revenue, you know, t- they have a sales team of 250 and it's like, they're not ready no. to serve those type of customers. And I mean, yes, they can make you, but they can also break you 100%. if you're not ready. And mm-hmm. like there's, there's a lot of those types of accounts that you can break into, but you kind of have, you know, one shot. And <laughs> if you don't play it right, or you don't, your company's not mature enough to to handle that type of account, or you don't have the skills as a seller to break into one of those accounts, like you kind of, you know, your first impression and and the 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 negative rapport that's built through not handling right. Like you really got to be ready yeah. before you start trying to go into those types of accounts. And I think what happens with, especially what you're saying, I think it's like that Oprah effect in some way, right? You know, go put you, I want to put my show on Oprah, my product on Oprah. And then your website can't handle, you know, 10,000 people visiting in an hour. So you're screwed. Um, so, you know, like think about it in that, in that same vein, like does the, you could probably target them you probably can use the strategies, but can you fulfill it? Can your company fulfill it? Because it's not going to be, well, your your fulfillment department did a horrible job, Donald. It's going to be, no, the sales evangelist did a bad job and it doesn't matter. The whole company is going to get labeled with that. Um, and I think also the idea too is the infrastructure for going after those. If you're going to hunt a woolly mammoth, you don't go hunt a woolly mammoth alone. Um and I think you, you, if you, the companies that are going to do that well, they're going to have like the marketing uh, portion set up. You're going to have your ABM strategy in place. Um, you're going to have your, you know, your your BDRs and your AEs are working sync. You know, your your techs, your, uh, your your RevOps team have some stuff in place. And you know, you know, you can start off doing some of those. Like I feel like 
can you can it be like you know maybe go mid market first and then you know try to you know get a bigger thing every once in a while for sure but i you, yeah. you just got to have a better strategy and have something in place that's going to be well well thought of well there's there's so much that's learned through going upstream properly right <laughs> like you got to crawl before you walk you got to walk before you run yeah. like everything that you do leading up to that moment where you as a seller or you as an organization is ready to now, you know, go after those willy mammoths, right? Yeah. And hopefully you're not doing it alone, like you said. <laughs> um, everything that you do leading up to that prepares you for that. Yes. Right? Like there's certain skills that you acquire of dealing with multiple stakeholders, right? Or having X amount of people in the decision-making process. Like, you know, it's a different game at that level. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, for someone like you and me, I, I get like, I'm getting all like my adrenaline, getting excited at that point, you know, like, <laughs> like I, I love that, you know, when you're, you're trying to make those, uh, you know, build uh, Keenan says, you know, it's not about like the relationship about being credible. And I, I get where he's coming from, but it's the same idea. Like, you know, you, you really want to, I want to show our credibility and build that relationship appropriately. Um, that's going to help us to to break through. And um, it's, it's just fun as you go down that process and you start doing that. And it's come back down to like the value too. Like, you know, one of the mistakes that I find that many sellers do right now is they feel like they have to have, like, I'm a big fan of personalization, but I don't, but you don't have to, you can do personalization at scales. And I think what people get a mistake think about is like, you know, I have to have like my full, um, you know, I have to spend like an hour researching Colin to talk about him. Like, no, let's go look and see what his company is doing or some of the things that's happening. And what are some of the challenges that he's facing relative to his role? And if we can tailor it towards his role, we're going to have a higher chance of being um, scaling um, our outreach and make it personal in that same vein. Um, and uh, I, I think sometimes people just want to put everything in sales loft or outreach and just like, you know, just put the same thing over and over. You tweak your message according to the role, but you got to make sure you do stuff. And, and for even if I did that as well, I'm gonna one of my big, uh, big, uh, uh, my big heroes. I'm just gonna say Dewan Brown. I mean, anyone knows Dewan? Um, just interviewed him today. <laughs> come on, man! Come yeah. on. <laughs> so Dewan's my hero. So one of the things Dewan he was talking to I adjunct the class because I have nothing else to do too um, <laughs> at my alma mater. They developed a sales program and they tapped me. So I I do one class. I pretty like one of my cohorts. Um, and Dewan came into class and one of the things he, he emphasized and stressed is like, he talked about a story how he listened to this podcast or he saw someone yeah. on LinkedIn com commented on her post and interacted on her post. But the email that he sent was able to tie back to the role of the email. So that was, uh, you know, it was personalized to her role and the challenges. But then his subject line was personalized to the conversation on LinkedIn, if that makes sense. So hyper-personal LinkedIn, you're making that connection, having a good stuff. His email was the targeted email that was personalized to the role, but then the subject line was something about like, you know, would a five-year-old understand this? Because that was their comment on LinkedIn. Yeah. So then there's something, did you talk about that today? <laughs> no, he didn't talk about that today. You need to get that story, but he, he put that as a subject line. Would a five-year-old, would this make sense to a five-year-old? And she opened the email and she read the email that was tailored to yeah. the role and it made sense and got an appointment. It's amazing. He knows a thing or two about what makes sense to a five-year-old with six kids. <laughs> I know, right? My <laughs> goodness, bro. I'm, I'm two I, kids behind him with just had my fourth. So. Sheesh, I'm at one yeah. and we're talking about the second right now. So we're, <laughs> we got to Go for up. it, man. You just got to go for it. Um, 
All right. So this, this is, this is awesome. Um, so I, I think that, yeah, I mean, people want to like, they want the silver bullet. They want the templates. They want the scripts. Like if you want to play in the big leagues, yeah. right. You want to go after enterprise. You want to go after these dream clients, right. Which everybody says they want to do, but most people aren't really ready and they no. haven't done the work to prepare themselves to be able to do that. Um, you have to be personalized. Like you have to be creative. You yeah. have to stand out in a big way. I don't know if you saw the recent little documentary that bomb bomb put out. Did you see that? I haven't watched it yet. Ethan just, I, I saw it in a signature. Like I just uh, talked, he came into our class too. I recently. mean, they interviewed like the CMO of HubSpot and some other people about all of this, you know, digital pollution and junk oh. that people are getting to get their attention. And so, I mean, it takes a level of creativity um, and strategic thinking. Yeah. If you want to play in the big leagues and you may not have done the work yet as a seller and you may not be mature enough or have, like you said, Donald, the credibility, right? Cause at the, yeah. those big companies, like what's the first thing they're going to say, have you done this before? Uh, no, we're, we're just going <laughs> to test it out with you. Listen, I ain't trying yeah. to be your first, I ain't, you know, like, you know, people yeah, have no started a relationship. I ain't trying to be your starter relationship. Like at this point, <laughs> I don't want to teach no. you how to date. <laughs> like go do that somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so that example that you gave, you know, with day one there is like, that's money. Like yeah. that's, that's how somebody in the big leagues plays the game. This is something else that he said too, um, since you and I are both big fans of podcasts and you've had some credible, like some really credible people on your show. Um, so think about it. Like, what are those people saying in that conversation that most people are mm -hmm. not listening to? And Duan said, you know, just go do like a search for like, you know, executive at XYZ company. Even, even if it doesn't have to be a large organization, if even if you're still playing with the mid-market right now, what are some of the, uh, those executives um, saying search based on the, you know, so let's put, you know, Jake Jones and at, uh, you know, uh, comma interview and what's going to come back. That conversation, when you listen to it, it probably, the questions I'd say you asked Jake during that, it's probably going to be more organic where you probably reveal like, you know, this is some of the focus that we have as a company. These are some of the things that we're trying to, you know, really focus on. Like that is a, a bigger league game approach versus like, I'm just going to willy nilly and just go, you know, send something like I'm sending to an SMB. Like it, it just, yeah. you take some, not a whole bunch of distraction, but you can still, if it's a count that I'm trying to really trying to break into Microsoft, you best believe I'm going to do that effectively um, and still have my, my personalized sort of role, e you know, email, but I'm going to focus my conversation and my outreach based on the things that I've learned so I can have that that type of strategic conversation when I do get to the table. If I got your attention, I can still, you know, I can bring that in. You know, Colin, I meant you, when you were on, uh, or Jake, when you were on Colin podcast, you spoke about this idea of, um, you know, how you want to strategically move the company into in, 20, in 2023 with the great resignation. Um, how do you feel something like this could be, a, you know, but then now it's like, dang, bro, you did your homework. Come on, let's talk. Yeah. 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 And when you look at those interviews and you see like just the regular PR media sort of appearances, right? Yeah. If it's a big company, there's going to be plenty of that. Um, you're going to get some surface level, like, you know, here's the goals, here's what we're doing, here's what we're going to accomplish, here's new initiatives. You're going to get that sort of stuff, mm -hmm. which is cool because you can typically tie that to your product. But if you want to catch their attention, you're going to get a lot of times in podcasts, maybe a little bit more personal stuff. Yeah. Like you might find out they have kids or they have multiple kids or they just had a kid and like, you know, that's the sort that personal 
personalization and then that also like you know more company sort of you know relevance to like what you do yeah you mix those two and it works like magic come on bro come on man told you if y'all haven't subscribed to colin's podcast yet you better subscribe and you better leave this man a rating and review because he's bringing straight gold every single day <laughs> i love it <laughs> yeah we, we we rehearsed that before folks did i say it right did i say it right <laughs> yeah, you were right on point yes uh, yeah so all right we, we we got a little bit of time left and sure. we obviously started having way too much fun. So <laughs> sell it like a mango. Come on. Bro. What is it like? Oh. Like, get, like what, why the title? What what do people expect in there? So give us, give us the goods. So you give know who I, peak. what I, who I focus on, right? The, I, you know, I'm, I have this affinity for these sellers that are new. They're trying to, trying to do well, trying to grow, trying to, you know, they don't want to keep hitting their head against the wall. When I grew up in a kid in Jamaica, I remember I wanted to get this ninja bike. It was like this uh, this guy literally was a ninja on this bike, and it was like Christmas time. It was like remote control bike, and um, and I wanted to get that, and I couldn't afford it then. Um, and I was like, you know, well, what if I start saving money? And I worked. Our family had a shop, uh, like almost like a TN. If you lived in any South American country, you have like a little does. It's just like a family owned convenience store, essentially. And uh, we sold like, you know, main staples. So as a six year old, I'm in the store selling stuff, uh, you know, selling rice and measuring rice and oil and Mm. things like that. So I was used to the idea of exchanging money and of selling, right? So now think about it. When I wanted to make money, what do I think I was going to do? I started taking these candies and I started to um, put these cookies, I put them in baggies. And I remember my cousin, she was uh, wanted some mango. So I'm the smallest kid in the family. So they had me climb the tree to get mangoes in the front yard. And I was like, wait a minute, they want mangoes. More people probably want mangoes. What if I sold mangoes? I see people selling mangoes. So I had the mangoes. I put them on this little, uh, my aunt had this plant um, stand and I took all the plants off and that was my counter. And I had the mangoes there and I was waiting for people to buy and guess how much mangoes I sold that day, bro. All of them? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the reason. We had this big gate going around our house, and I mean, our, our, the property. And there was like, you could see me through the gate, but I was behind a tree, next to the tree. And I was sitting here with this table, with this, this uh, on the plant stand, trying to sell mangoes. So nobody knew where I was. And I was thinking, well, how in the world are some people successful selling the same exact product that I was selling? And as you look at it over time in Jamaica, you have people who are in the marketplace and they have their stands right next to each other. They're not behind the fence. And some of them are successful and some of them don't make as much as the other. And I was like, how in the world you have the same exact mango from the same exact region, from the same exact probably tree, but one person (laughs) is being more successful than the other. And the principles applied to B2B selling. And we broke it down into when I work with my book coach, you know, 12 principles that we could take from that, that really, that sellers can take and apply. So the concept is sell it like a mango, a new seller's guide to closing more deals. Whether you're selling software, whether you're selling uh, managed IT services, whether you're selling houses, whether you're selling cars, whatever you're selling, sell it like a mango. Um, And in that same vein, how do people succeed who sell mangoes? They differentiate themselves. They try different strategies. They are. They have a process. They have a system they follow. They think like an entrepreneur. They're not afraid of rejection. They show up day after day after day. And one of the principles I gave is like, you know, sometimes sellers get all offended or get all bent out of shape when somebody say they don't want to buy something from you. You know, I shared an example in a book. Like we would go to school and on the way to school, you find these people in the market selling the same product when I was growing up as a kid in Jamaica, selling it every single day. And they would ask you, you want to buy this? You want to buy a t-shirt? You want, you know, you know, you want to buy something. And I was like, we didn't want to buy anything those times. Or if it was a snack, we weren't bought. We didn't have the money. We didn't want to buy it. We tell them no, but it didn't. That person didn't just, their feelings didn't get hurt and they gave up. If they've got, gave, gave up and left, 
Think about all the hundreds of people that crossed their path that day or the next day who could have bought something. And they realize you may not want my mango right now, Donald, but that doesn't mean it's you don't want it. You just don't want it right now. I'm going to still do this every single day. I'm still going to show up. And the same idea with sellers, like you need to keep showing up. What are you going to do to make sure you're following up and you're doing, you're, you're being present and, and staying with the, the right mindset so you can be successful. So, so many principles from people selling mangoes on the street to somebody selling complex software to an enterprise organization. Yeah. Sell staying consistent, not taking it personal. Um, I mean, the main thing is focusing on what you control. Yeah, bro. What you can control. And I think that's where, that's why I, I, you know, when I put the book together, I was like, that's some of these people who have that, they recognize that idea. I can, I can manipulate the things I have control over the ones that I can, I can't change the weather. I can't change any of that stuff, but I can control how I'm going to perform when I'm there, where I'm going to put my stand. What am I going to say when people come by? And it's the same notion. What are you, where are you staking out as a seller? Are you camping out on, uh, you know, just sitting there in the office and on your computer and the email, or are you With going on mouse, LinkedIn? Click and go on your yeah. sequences. Or are you picking up the phone, <laughs> making deals happen? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Got me excited. So sell it like a mango. Um, you can check it out. It's on uh, Amazon right now. Pre-order May 16th is the the takeoff date. Um, so uh, if you want to go get it, you can go pre-order. Our website is launching in the next couple of uh, weeks. Our updated landing page, and it will be to salesevangelist.com slash mango at that point. But right now, check it out on uh, Amazon. Awesome. And special treat. Yeah. Told you I had a surprise for you, Donald. Ooh, let's see this. Let's, let's hear this. All right. First 10 people to send me a DM after consuming this episode and you obviously had to stick around to the end. (laughs) So thank you for that. Um, First 10 people to send me a DM, I will pre-order you your copy of sell it like a Come on, come on. Thank you, man. That's awesome. Colin. See, I told you this guy is great. He cares about you all, man. (laughs) So make sure you hit me up. I'm going to be ordering my copy because I haven't ordered it yet. And I will order you your copy. First 10 people to send me a DM on LinkedIn to get your copy of sell it like a mango. Donald, thanks so much for coming on, man. This was a lot of fun. We're going to drop the pre-order link for the book. Anything else that we need to share with folks and include in the show notes for them? No, man, I appreciate it, man. If you guys want to connect with me as well, uh, I'm, as you know, I'm a big fan of podcasts. And you can check out the Sales Evangelist podcast and uh, and uh, listen to us um, if it makes sense to you as well. Um, but leave Colin a review. You got to do that before you can check me out. Awesome, my man. Appreciate you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review, share the show with your friends. It really does help us out. And I'm always listening for your feedback. You can go to salestransformation.fm, drop me a voice DM, and I will get back to you. Hey, you stuck around. That tells me you're serious about your own sales transformation. If you're tired of doing things the old way and want to get started in your journey with other people on the same path, head over to salescast.community and crush your numbers on your leaderboard. Yeah, it's free. Salescast.community. Send me a DM with your best pitch and mention this ad, and I might even give you free access to our best templates.